this is Chuff Combs. You're listening to Nightmare Junket. Get a job at a sideshow. in and out of your consciousness like a bad dream you can't wake from, this is the Nightmare Junkhead Podcast, a horror podcast that would love to be a regular at the Slaughtered Lamb. My name is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And on today's episode, we're having a howling good time as we bark at the moon and talk some of our favorite werewolf flicks. And you don't have to be involved in lycanthropy to listen into our show. Just search for Nightmare Junkhead wherever podcasts are played, hit subscribe, and when we drop our latest episode, it will download directly to your listening device of choice. All up in your full moon hole. <laughs> and whether there is a full moon or not, uh, you can follow us along on social media. Uh, we're on Twitter at Nightmare Junk and on Facebook at Nightmare Junkhead. And of course, on the Book of Face, we have shenanigans! <laughs> All the events that are good with the horrific happenings, this and that. So, as this episode is going to be released on Friday, January 24th, on January 28th, it's a Tuesday, you know it's Terror Tuesday, Draft House, and this particular night, you know they always let you know what's going on, mm-hmm. they always uh, promote, but every now and again there's a certain event that's going to happen that they, they veil it in a shroud of mystery. Ooh, mysterious. And this is, on the 28th, they have a mystery screening and it's a 35 millimeter print on yeah. top of that. That's going to be fucking epic. We know what it is. We're not telling. That's okay. Well, ultimately, it is a film that is truly near and dear to my heart, and we can't give anything away, but... We've done episodes on it. Yes, we that's, have. That's, yes, we that's, have. That's your only clue. And thankfully, we've got 200 plus episodes, yeah. so you cannot <laughs> yell at us for giving that away. Yeah. But uh, ultimately, it's definitely... This is one you want to see in the theater up on the big screen. Mm-hmm. Do not miss your... Stay out late with us on Terror Tuesday. I challenge yourself. You know, and Nice. It used to be, you know, as an adult, I need my eight hours of sleep, of course, but also as an adult... I can make that choice to go out and celebrate all things horror. Mm -hmm. And speaking of celebrating all things horror, as this episode does release on Friday, January 24th. The only events you need to worry about when you're listening to here, that's uh, upcoming is awesome. But right now, right now, right now, I'm in full fucking panic mode. I'm freaking out. So much the fact that we are actually recording this particular episode. In the Vendor Loft of Doom. Yes, we are. We are back in the Vendor Loft of Doom, Mm -hmm. which is a welcome return. And obviously, we've built up to the Panic Film Fest. We uh, go back to our last episode where we talked to uh, co-founder Adam Roberts and it's here it's finally here it is here we're actually only a couple hours away from the preview opening night in which we I am going to be seeing Richard Stanley's color out of space for the first time it's wild it is it's yeah don't spoil anything no, I'm not for spoil, me I'm just gonna say one thing Welcome back, Richard Stanley. Yes. Oh, indeed. Welcome back. In fact, here at Panic Fest, we're technically really celebrating yeah. Richard Stanley. Oh, yeah. Uh, with multiple viewings of Colorado Space. So if you can't make it on the preview night, that is okay. But then, of course, the NC-17 cut, cut of hardware. Hardware. We're going to get X-ray. We're, sex bot, sex bot. You're my sex bot. And baby, you can turn me on. I think that's the only thing technically missing from that film, actually. You have the, the Let Me Kill Meister, uh-huh. you get Iggy Pop, if we actually just had... Tom Jones. Oh, forget yeah. about it, forgot about it. Well, he also has a drill bit that is uh, to be feared as well, yeah, from what he I've does. heard. Yeah, he does. But ultimately... Fucking robot panties being thrown on stage and shit. Ew, <laughs> ew. <laughs> Smells of motor oil. Uh, but check out panicfilmfest.com for the full lineup. Uh, put together your lineup of the shorts, the features, the podcasts, of course. You know what? I'm going to be honest. This year's fucking hard. This is. There are some true Sophie choices <laughs> in here. There's some good stuff. Although, you should definitely come 
to the hardware screening and the game of games on Monday. Yes. Just saying. And then also on uh, January 25th, that Saturday, we're going to be hosting the Fangoria screening of BFW. I'm so excited for this, man. This is going to be great. And you know what? The cool thing about it is, is we're still like it's now officially starting, but they've been adding stuff continuously even today they add new things uh there's going to be a q a with the stylist mm-hmm. so as this episode releases on friday that night there's going to be one with jill and the cast and crew and i can say this i spent last night with the crew of the stylist in my house as they got i got to watch them film uh one of the scenes from the feature film and man number one number one my apologies to everyone in the crew because lola i think there was just a, it was a combination of new people in the house and the stress She's never been a gassy dog until that night, but God help me. She's a smell hound. Oh, swamp ass, <laughs> mud butt, everything you can put out there. And I felt bad for her because, you know, she's she's like me. She gets the anxiety. She she just deals with it differently. And yeah. unfortunately, this was her, her entryway into that. So my apologies to everyone there. But ultimately, it's... I'm just glad you don't do that when you get anxious when I get nervous. and nervous. Like, uh, uh, like uh. no one would come out to the live shows. <laughs> Stinking in and out of your consciousness like a like a bad like a wet fart you can't escape from. <laughs> but ultimately though, it truly made me appreciate the craft and care that goes into making a film. It ain't easy, man. And so every filmmaker, every person involved in the film shorts that are playing here at the Panic Film Fest, they need to go uh, the movie crip line a Steven Tyler congratulations yeah just knowing the hard work the preparation the craft the care involved everything that is playing up on the big screen we are truly celebrating mm-hmm. and that's what I love with the Panic Film Festival it is a celebration of all things genre especially the the indie folks it's a movie lovers film festival you know like Adam was talking on the last show there are some festi- film festivals that's just in it for the money and then just in it for whatever but this is like so interactive you you interacted with the guests, the yep. people, the vendors, the movie makers, everybody, and everybody's super fucking chill and just happy to be here. Well, and it's really nice, too, is it is a very intimate setting, mm-hmm. which is, I think, adds a little bit to the element to it. In fact, uh, our friend, uh, friend of the podcast, Katie Glidewell, a.k.a. The Blonde in Front, yep. literally came from the airport into the theater, mm-hmm. like just a few minutes ago. Fuck, I helped her with her bags. <laughs> <It's> just, <laughs> I mean, that, that's the level of dedication you get with yeah. the people. And again, she's traveling. We have uh, so many people coming from out of town, filmmakers, guests, just people here to celebrate these films. Coming into this country for yes. the first time for the food festival. Cannot wait to talk to Mr. Patty Murphy. Mm-hmm. Again, we always talk about Panic Fest is where you make memories come out make more memories with us going on all this weekend as well as extended the next week yeah come see how i will embarrass myself this panic fest (laughs) (laughs) well ultimately that's a perfect segue because uh this entire episode is all about (laughs) werewolves and Uh that's probably a great place to start that is a great place to start panic fest plus wolf cop Equals one genius McGee. Oh yeah, oh yeah. It's on my epitaph. It I'm is. like, we would be remiss if we're talking. We're going to be Where's talking about werewolves. You know, Wolf Cop's on my list. Of I course, mean, of course. It's it not is. only on my list. It's going to be on my tombstone. <laughs> what do you want on your tombstone? Wolf Cop. Here lies genius. He fell into the grave. Wolf Cop. <laughs> Wolf Cop. <laughs> well, what I love though, and it's kind of interesting, the fact that we've never actually devoted an entire episode to the subject of werewolves and werewolf films. Right. 
because there are, are so many. There are litters and litters <laughs> of werewolf films out there. <laughs> Packs. Only Oh, there we go. That's what I should have done there. But before we start talking some of our favorite films, one thing I wanted to talk about is why I think werewolves and just the whole genre work so well is that it's a wonderful metaphor for basically anything yeah. that is nasty. Puberty. Um, depression. It, depression. Um, addiction. Vi- violent tendencies. Everything that's nasty and gnarly that we need to deal with, that we need to address, if we don't address it, we turn into a werewolf. Because Mm -hmm. constantly what you always hear in the werewolf, it's not me. It's the wolf. wolf. How many times do you hear in real life, it's not me? It's the drugs, or it's the the depression, or it's the anxiety. My my body's going through changes right now. It's the the hormones. It's whatever. Werewolf is all about things inside of us that need to get out also and it's the transformation it's the yeah. changing it's the evolution if you will mm-hmm. starting point end point what happens in between is the adventure sometimes it's fun sometimes it's painful so oh oh well and that's what's interesting is most nine times out of ten with every werewolf film it is a tragedy mm-hmm. you know it ends up with a tragedy it's tragic there's something there's some some melancholy involved yeah. with the werewolf because nine times out of ten, the person that is transforming into the wolf doesn't want to be the werewolf. Not at all. They're good people. Mm-hmm. Which, again, ultimately, you've probably dealt with family members like that, friends like that, where you love them to death. You know, normally, without whatever it is, they're good people. But then, when the full moon comes up, they can't control themselves. The next thing you know, arr, and about ult- the moon. And ultimately, this is something that has been not only in cinema forever. But even in mythology. Yeah. Werewolves have been around since Greek culture. Grimm's fairy tales. Yeah. Tells us of I don't know so ne- I don't know if they're necessarily warring us of the wars of the, the wares of werewolves per se. Hey there, little red riding hood. <laughs> but you go back to mythology, uh Keen Lyakon was cursed to turn into a wolf. This is throughout, again, literature, Little Red Riding Hood. The, mm-hmm. It's you don't have to be a horror fan to know about werewolves. It's in our DNA. Fucking Harry Potter has werewolves. Like all sorts of things have werewolves. It's it's popular culture. I even go back to being a metalhead. There's an Ozzy Osbourne album. How at the moon, dude? Bark at the moon. Bark at the moon. Yeah. Have you ever seen the video for it? Yeah, where he's turning into a big hairy like monster squadian werewolf. That terrified me as a kid. To the point, even today, I'll see it and he just bark at the moon and he turns and he's got. <laughs> The eyes, like the very thriller-esque. He's got that gray hair all over, like a blondish gray werewolf. Terrifying. Yeah. Terrifying. Like he's the fucking Prince of Darkness, man. (laughs) But you cannot escape it. It's Mm -hmm. everywhere you want to be. Just like a curse of the werewolf. You can't escape the werewolf inside you. It's totally. Um, Now, do you have a preference on your werewolf, Genius McGee? Because there are also a variety of werewolves that are out there. Uh Uh-huh. I like my werewolves gnarly. I like my werewolves. Break it down a little bit more. How would what would be a gnarly werewolf? Well, for you? I like my werewolves that like kind of like being werewolves. I don't know. Like that's fair. So are you more on um, the howling type? Howling type, it? more kind of like uh, howling. Um, why can't I think of it? It's on the tip of my tongue. That's okay. We'll um, probably get around to it. Yeah, but. Ultimately, I see, and I, I guess I ultimately like the ones that are more tragic, but also I would even say like... Underworld. Oh, of, co- <laughs> the, of course, Underworld. How could you forget? What is it? Um, ri- the Lycans. Yes. Well, and that's... Um, damn it. What's... Uh, Kate Beckinsale. Also, but then briefly, didn't Rona Mitra yeah, assume she played, the role as well? Like an ancestor of Kate. And anything with Rona Mitra, gold. I mean, like, I'll see anything she's in. Go back to our Doomsday episode, definitely. But ultimately, I, even in like a type of werewolf, you know, is it the one that is a bipedal? 
Is it all on fours? See, Does okay. it have the snout? Okay. My favorite types of werewolves are the bipedal ones, but my favorite werewolf is an all fours creature. That's fair. That's what, There's a lot of variety. Yeah. There's no wrong way to, to turn into a werewolf. werewolf. Yeah. Yeah. You can have, and you can even have like, like the ginger snap subtle werewolf and you can have like, like that one, the full on like company of wolves werewolves, which I believe is actually going to be a film club coming up soon. Tell now, everyone. I have not seen that probably since an HBO viewing. I saw it with Cannon Madness. Oh, I guess then. Okay, maybe I uh, cheated a little on that one. Then on the, I, I probably did. I guarantee if you go back to Nerds and Stalls. <laughs> where, where are we at on the time? Let's get, go ahead and erase that one. <laughs> well, that one ultimately had that iconic VHS mm-hmm. cover. Yeah, and like it took straight from the scene because that transformation is fucking sweet but the thing i like about the company of werewolves every werewolf in that story is different with a different transformation and a different motive motive is a huge ah uh, we're gonna get to it we're gonna get to it again yeah. someone embracing that um but yeah and i'm also it uh it, you, you prefer the flat face do you prefer the snout snout you know, the all snout. the way the more the more likeny yeah. the more like vicious and gnarly the better because when i think of werewolves just like when you think of vampires, you don't think of the sparkly ones. We you shouldn't. Don't. Well, you, no, don't, you shouldn't. Don't sparkle shame. That's not cool. We don't. But I guarantee you, there are a generation of kids that have grown up with the the, the sparkly. Yeah, but ultimately, though, there are werewolves in there as well. Mm-hmm. Which, I, but I like my mer- werewolves mean and menacing, and even if they're fun, they're like having bad fun. Yeah, you know, like there's like the friendliest werewolf. You know what I'm saying? We you don't see too. Uh, kids tales involving werewolves for right. the most part that is good yeah you know? no no because ultimately they're going to be torn to shreds on things like that so we're going to go ahead and start talking about some of our favorite werewolf films werewolf adjacent films mm-hmm. films that maybe just could be a cartoon for all we know but again we're talking all things werewolves now have you seen the original werewolf oh yeah the wolfman the wolfman with lon chaney, lon chaney. jr yes that i love the universal monster movies and people are like oh, it's fucking slow Maybe by today's standards, it's not crazy and but bloody. they're like 65 minutes long. Right. They're super quick, and they lay such good foundation because yes. they're lean and mean, and they tell the story, and there's nothing wasted. Well, you talk about it laid a foundation, and that's the one thing that I think that not enough people do appreciate what the Universal did with the monsters. Yeah. Is it made liking horror and monsters uh, kind of cool? Yeah. Or at least on the mainstream. Mm-hmm. Because, again, everyone knows Dracula. Everyone knows Frankenstein. Everyone knows werewolves. But they don't know Lawrence Talbot. Exactly. They don't know like I read it in the bones and the bones never lie. They don't know not to be foul a gypsy. Exactly. Exactly. And that also features the famous initial transformation scene. And I think ultimately when people think the hardcore fans at least think werewolf movies, it is all about the transformation Mm -hmm. scene. That is kind of the be all end all of a movie because we want to see how does it happen. Right. We want to see the werewolves do werewolf shit. You know what I'm saying? And that initial transformation with the wolf man it was magic. Yeah. It the, still like, looks amazing. How just it just kind of like comes through, like it bleeds through the different scenes, like, and then you just see like more hair and more wolf as like it slowly, yeah, no, that's a very good transformation and it's for a wonderful, old school. And it's a wonderful blending of practical plus the, just the editing that goes yeah. behind it. And honestly, I w- I'm not going to say that's digital by any means, but there's always a combination of that, a collaboration. But that's also a credit to Lon Chaney Jr., yes. just some of the magic that he could create with his own like special effects. Again, he, he was, was a special yep. effect. Exactly. He totally was a special effect. Um, now, one that I caught recently here, thanks to Terror Tuesday, and I don't know if you've seen this one, uh, but it was 1961's 
Curse of the Werewolf with Oliver Reed. With, oh God, with I, Oliver Reed. I haven't seen it, but I know me some Hammer. So <laughs> Hammer is a huge thing as well with that. And this was actually the first time I'd seen it as well. And it plays perfect with the tragedy of the werewolf. Now, I read somewhere that that's kind of a slow burn werewolf movie. Yes, it was. But honestly, with Oliver Reed and his performance, he just not only is he hunky, obviously, but he gives so much Rob pathos to the you feel for everything yeah. he goes through and then the actual design itself kind of plays to the 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 wolfman uh, monster squad because it is kind of the flatter werewolf mm-hmm. and i also love the fact that they have the tattered clothing which is also one of my favorite little aspects of that because he's just all bulbous chested i i'm upset <laughs> john where john saxon is that <laughs> what it is it's like under the full moon i get chussel you know <laughs> <laughs> well, you, you know he'd probably have a particular piece, a werewolf piece, a lycanthrope piece. Uh, uh, it's like a full body, <laughs> full body suit. Like he's just kind of like sponge. I, I, we're missing a John Saxon werewolf movie. We are missing a, oh now, um, oh my God, Total Bear Chested back in the day, Night of the Hunter. Joe Don Baker. A Joe werewolf. Don Baker would have been, oh, are you kidding? Can you believe Mitchell Wolf? Mitchell Wolf. Actually, I could watch Mitchell fight vampires with yeah. the big old two by four. Yeah. We need howling tall, How- just like <laughs> that's bad. That's so bad. I'm gonna boo Werns on that one. Uh, what's one you have on your list there, Genius McGee? Ooh, okay. So I want to start off with not necessarily werewolf movies, but movies with werewolves in them that are so some of my favorite. Werewolf favorites. adjacent, werewolf adjacent. Okay, lay it on us. So, first of all, the werelinks in Waxworks. I forgot about the werelinks in Waxwork. Yeah. Waxwork is one that we always talk about is kind of your unconventional uh, anthology, mm-hmm. but the werewolf bit. He's cool. I mean, like, yeah, he's got the little cute tipsy frosted little- ears, but like, and he kind of looks like a rabbit or a lynx, but his face is menacing and he has some of the best kills in the entire movie. He's also a werewolf with a sense of humor because yeah, if you recall, he is hit with a chair and do you remember what he does? He just, just brushes it off. it off and looks him on like, and then he has this look like, Fuck you. I'm about to fuck you up. He's a funny werewolf. And he's played by Rice, um, oh, yeah. Rice Davies. Uh, Ooh, yeah, no, Rice <laughs> is right. He's a, he's, a, he's a problematic actor, unfortunately. Um, also, it contains one of the great kills as well after he gets bitten or beaten with a chair. Yeah, you just rip that dude in half. And then he comes and kills that, spoilers, he comes and kills the main, like, good guy in the wheelchair. Rips his head off. And just pops it like a zit. It's grand. It's So, like, for a non-werewolf movie, that werewolf is super prominent. He's featured all over there. I um, like him. I think he's cool. I'll piggyback on that, and I'm going to go another one that is technically an anthology, but Trick or Treat. That's on my list, too. Okay, so if there's one thing I like more than werewolves... It's sexy werewolves. So like, ooh. I okay. So whatever. I mean, no, they're like, no, they're, don't whatever. That's gross. That's gross. Sexy werewolves? Because uh, it's not sexy before. It's not the before. It's the after. They're still the same after, right? Are you just all about the before or well, the after? I just like the transformation of it because it was kind of like they're taking off their clothes and then they're taking off their skin. And the way they take off their skin, it's like they're like seductively dancing, but they're ripping their skin off. Meanwhile, sweet dreams are made of this. And like, so, so not a deal breaker. No, oh, not a deal breaker. <laughs> Because seriously, I mean, like, whatever. Like, <laughs> we're not judging here. This is a safe space at the vendor loft. Werewolf orgy. You know, just. We're going to get to that eventually. <laughs> we, we, we have a movie 
yeah, for that. Full of it, yeah. But no, trick or treat werewolves, yeah, because they're and it's, even like after the transformation, they were cool looking werewolves. Yeah. Well, that was and again, spoiler, obviously for a movie that's many years old, but that's uh, Anna Paquin's turn. And actually, technically, they even pull a little on the Red Riding Hood. Oh yeah, mythos as well, mm-hmm. which is all the irony involved, especially the fact that it's the. the Professional creep, uh, what's his name? Damn it, now Dylan Baker. Thank you, thank you. Who gets his comeuppance as well? Charlie Brown's an asshole. But yeah. <laughs> now another one that I want to call out, and I have not seen this film in ages, so I cannot tell you if it holds up or not. In fact, it'd probably be a perfect candidate for what we're doing here for Nerds and Nostalgia in the month in the year of 2020. Uh, but it's a little film called Transylvania Six Five Thousand. Ah. That movie is gold. Is it? Is it? I don't know. How long has it been since you've seen it? It's been a minute. I think. I think it's been a minute. Okay. I think. I think that's a good nerds and nostalgia. Possibly in the month of October. Possibly so. But it also features. It's a great little film. Again, I haven't seen in ages. I remember fondly. You've got Jeff Goldblum. You've got. Oh my goodness. Uh, Ed Bagley Jr. Ed Bagley Jr., thank Gina you. Gina Davis um, as, as Dracula. Don't want to get creeps and nostalgia, but good too, lord. Too late, man. Have you heard what we were talking about the early, werewolf fortune? Early like, 1980s Gina Davis in that particular film. I was ready to be bitten shit, by her. Too, early 2020s Gina Davis, I'll be bitten by I'll her. I'll take Exorcist Gina Davis at this point as well. Okay, so one that I want to talk about. This one is fucking slick. It's a werewolf adjacent movie. It's almost like an action steampunk werewolf brotherhood of the wolf i saw that in the theater it's that's a dope 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 flick and mark damascus it's badass he's so badass man and like the werewolf it's it's a proper werewolf but he's like and it's armored werewolf it's rad well and i remember seeing this film back when i was i i'm gonna say i was well read at the time and I was actually finding all these interesting metaphors with the werewolf, whether it was part of the French Revolution, mm-hmm. whether it was part of the religious extreme and uh, the response back. And I was just loving it. And then on top of that, it was a killer werewolf. And it's a, mo- I mean, he's a legit monster yeah, werewolf. Yeah, he is. Yeah, he is. And then Mark Damascus is kicking ass. A the martial whole artist. Movie. Uh, a Native American martial artist who, and he's silent throughout. Uh, you've got. Uh, Monica Bellucci, mm-hmm. which is, and also, is this now, is this Guy Chris? Guy Pierce is in it, I think. Is it Christopher Lambert in it as well? I think Christopher Lambert has a small cameo. Okay. Because it is a French movie, so. Yes. Je l'en bon de le boule, werewolf. So, like. <laughs> I'm Christopher Lambert, and I have a very <laughs> distinctive accent. <laughs> I'm Raiden. <laughs> which that also gives. Are there any werewolves in Mortal Kombat? I know we've got monsters. There, are, there is in Killer Instinct. That's fair. That's fair. Okay, but not Because his name is Kilgore. Of course it is. Of yeah. course it is. Yeah. Now, there <laughs> is a film. You talked about kind of a, a monster uh, on uh, company, in the Company of Wolves. Have you ever seen Project... I believe it's called Project Metal Beast, and it's all about a robotic werewolf? I've heard of it. That's I know of it. Like, yeah. It's... Oh, one more werewolf adjacent movie. That's not about werewolves, but they fucking stole the movie. They're werewolves... They're not swear wolves. Yes, they are. Again, go back to our best of the decade. I believe we talked about our love of what we do in the shadows. Mm-hmm. And they, I believe, are getting their own, either their spinoff or movie. Yeah, they're getting, I think they're on their own spinoff movie. But werewolves show up in the TV series. Even better. So it's continuously werewolves versus vampires. But I would also like to point out, as fluffy as they, wonderful as they are, again, as uh, conscious about good social etiquette, 
the werewolves will eviscerate you. Yeah, those will fuck you up. They will still, yeah, it does not matter whether they're swearing or not. But in the movie, they actually turn into a werewolf, like one of them, and I got it's hilarious. Like, if you haven't seen the show, I'm not going to spoil it. It's, you should check out the show. But a, a werewolf keeps pissing in one of the vampire's garden, <laughs> right? Just marking his territory, and he's pissed, so he's going after it. And so, like... He goes, I'm going to challenge the werewolf who's been pissing in my... And it's this big, giant dude. I mean, like, the dude before he's a werewolf, he's, like, six and a half feet tall. But then when he turns into a werewolf, he's, like, eight feet tall, and he's just raw. And then the vampire's like, eh, I got this, I got this, I got this, right? And they're on this roof, and the werewolf's ready to fight. And then the vampire's like, all right, let's do this. Let's fight, right? And so he drops his sword, and he pulls out a squeaky toy. Squeak, 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 squeak. And throws it off the building. And the werewolf's like, Ugh! and can't can help himself. So he jumps off the building to his death, right? And then the vampire's like, I win this round, bitch. And so, like, it's hilarious. And he can only call a werewolf a bitch as if she is in heat. We'll be fair. We'll be technical on that. <laughs> it's 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 a super funny little werewolf thing. Well, and let's go ahead. Let's dive right into then films werewolf that... Werewolf proper. Now, you talked about a werewolf orgy. Orgy. Oh, surprisingly enough, as, as an odd combination of those two words are, there is a film that has a werewolf orgy. Mm -hmm. It's a film that is a sequel to a franchise, um, and it's one that is near and dear to my heart, even though I haven't watched in a while. Howling 2, Your Sister's a Werewolf. werewolf. It's been a minute since I've seen Howling 2, but I remember it being like, ooh. Now, now let me ask you, why do you remember it so fondly and going, ooh, with Howling 2? Because there was a lot of nudity. (laughs) A lot of nudity. Two words, Sybil Danning. Yes. I don't want to get creeps and nostalgia again. But, but it's Sybil Danning. I mean, like, if you see a Sybil Danning movie, you know what you're in for. Well, well even be- well, strangely enough, uh, when we watched Reform School Girls, it's one of the rare films. That she didn't get naked, but there was still nudity in a Sybil Danning movie. So, they made like, it up for it. Right, right, Well, right. and it's funny because if you go to the ending of this film, and that's what the one thing I think ultimately everyone remembers of this, is not only do you get that um, babble song, The Howling, playing over the credits, but it almost is a anti-cannonball run bloopers because it shows her ripping off her top i'm not kidding like i think it's 18 times in the credits it is ridiculous (laughs) (laughs) you you would have christopher lee like slapping you know sybil danning or vice versa like they're driving around in like a fucking ambulance but it's all a matter of style avoid the moors my friend (laughs) but (laughs) probe the case it's a, it's actually a silver. Um, it's a silver instrument. Yes, silver uh, prod. A prod. I was actually going to go a silver syringe. There we go. Knocks him out. But we have the aforementioned werewolf orgy. Um, the, it was shot in Transylvania. It does feature famously feature Christopher Lee, and it goes directly from the first Howling, which is another just standalone classic. And speaking of Howling, did you see that Andy Muschietti? Is wants to be, redo the howling is on Netflix, I believe. I'm down for anything Andy Muschietti does. I'm super down. You, 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 you've attaching yourself yeah. to what he's doing. Yeah, yeah. Well, it's again. I'm not saying that the Howling Two is a good movie. I'm not saying it's a bad movie, but I'm definitely saying it's a movie you will not forget. Mm-hmm. If you are a fan of uh, werewolves, check that one out. Genius, what do you got on your list? This movie is underrated. I think this movie is a remake of one of the classic Universal Monster movies. It's a classic remake of The Wolfman, and I thoroughly enjoyed it. Um, it has that old 
industrial revolution gothic feel yeah. it's got i mean everything about it it just feels like it was made in that time period and benicio del toro it looks like he's already mid-transformation. <laughs> so, like, him turning into a werewolf wasn't that far of a stretch. I thought that was perfect casting. And him as a werewolf looked fucking cool. Now, is this also, if I remember right, was it Rick Baker that came mm-hmm. on to do the transformation mm-hmm. sequence with that? And Anthony Hopkins' as a werewolf is cool looking, too. So that's, like that's not too bad. That's not too bad. He even had the like yeah, read it in the bones and the bones never lie. What I'd honestly like to think with Benicio del Toro, they kind of pulled a bow finger where they were just filming around him and just letting him just weird out, keep it do together, his thing. keep it together, keep it together, and then eventually it'd have to break everything down. <laughs> no, I haven't seen this one though. It's cool. It, I dug it. I d- I really dug it. Okay, that it is- was super underappreciated. And like everybody was like when it came on whatever you know. But I think if they were would have started this with the dark universe that they were trying to i think they would have got something there i I, th- I have an issue with trying to create these these shared universes just because it works for the mcu it doesn't need to be everywhere but here's my thing with that with the dark universe it's already been done yeah, that's true. you know what that's i'm saying true. it's already they already took those monsters and put them together in a movie it's kind of like the way i feel with the godzilla movies yeah like Cool. It's an updated version of it with new effects, but still the same vein of just two monsters fighting each other. You need that essence involved. So I was kind of hoping for the Dark Universe because I wanted to see like House of Frankenstein, and I wanted to see like um, Nick I'm, Frost and Simon Pegg versus. Yes, because I was going to go back to Albert and Costello versus Frankenstein, which is I know it's a black and white movie. It's, it's an older still movie. good. It's hysterical. It's hysterical and scary. It's, There's some genuine like the kills. Like, quote-unquote kills are, like, proper. I still think the f- the best thing I've ever seen is Dracula fighting the Wolfman, and they're just literally just throwing things at each other. Yeah. It is just the most hysterical. Like I said, that movie still holds up to me because it's funny, and like you said, it's got a great gateway horror film. Yeah, it's totally like, did you get your Abbott and Costello movie and my like, Universal Monster movie? You know, that's what exactly what it is. Well, can we can we do the 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 Simon Pegg, Ed Frost, the Jay and Silent Bob, yeah. and Cheech and Chong meet? The, I would have loved to have seen those. Me too. I would love to see like Cheech and Chong versus Frankenstein or Jay and Silent Bob versus Dracula or something like that. I think it'd be great. I think there's there's space for it. I think there's I think it's something fun and something taking two beloved characters yeah. that and and put them together where they really shouldn't like Abbott and Costello and who would have thought who would have thought back in the day Abbott and Costello would have fought fucking Frankenstein Dracula and the Wolfman all at once you know what I'm saying so like it's and they have more of Abbott and Costello meet this and that and this and that so this is like true. I'm totally down for like there's a good precedent yeah there's a good precedent yeah, especially with the classics well going back uh, another film from the 80s that recently had a chance to view with a lot of you actually in the backyard and it's not a horror film per se but it's definitely one that highlights the the issues of growing up, puberty. It's not Canadian. No, technically, it does feature a Canadian import. Mm-hmm. Talking 1985's Teen Wolf. Oh, I'm telling you, he should have got with Boof. <laughs> he shot. Damn right. Boof, Boof, Boof was Boof the all best day. thing. Boof, Boof all, day all day. Boof all day. Boof all day. Boof all night. Boof. Boof is great. Buffet. A buffet. Mm-hmm. Because like. He had Boof. Boof is all about him. And he's like, oh, I'm going to be a werewolf and be popular and get with a hot chick. And she only likes me because I'm a werewolf, but I don't care. Boof, Boof was your ride and die from day one. You should have stayed with your ride and die. Damn right. Damn right. Boof was his base. 
And we watched this in the backyard, and again, 1985, in this case, truly another time. Another place. You forget about the F-bombs that are thrown in there, just so casually. Mm-hmm. But it also features one of my favorite side characters, and I know he's obnoxious, he's, not, he's, he's toxic, he's not a good person, but Styles. Styles! Still to this day, the What Are You Looking At Dick, Dick No shirt. <laughs> Of which our friend Happy actually bought for me for that particular screening in the backyard. <laughs> but he's definitely one of those great, like, I'm going to take advantage and exploit anything that's going on in my, because he's one of those, always has a scheme going on. You always needed someone like that in your 80s. Genius is just smiling sheeplessly. Mm, <laughs> I don't know what you're talking about. I guess if you're not the one that has the schemer, you are the schemer. But I guess that would make sense because I kind of scheme. You're a schemer. It's okay. That's okay. okay. That's what you do. You scheme and you podcast. <laughs> <laughs> but, but, this is what I, I like. I drink and I kind of know things. Can... <laughs> but what I like is uh, the fact that most of the films we've been talking about are horror, except for the Albert and Costello versus Frankenstein. This is a straight comedy film. Mm-hmm. This is one that was a major theatrical release that made Michael J. Fox a star. Same year yeah. it actually came out as Back to the Future, which I love the fact. A banner year for Michael J. And then just a few years before, he got um, uh, stabbed over in a class of 1984. Because he is the future. He is the future. That move, That's the only thing missing from class of 1984 was an actual werewolf. But actually, a werewolf playing basketball and everyone just being cool with it. Cool with it. It's Okay, here's the thing. I wanted to see Teen Wolf kind of like go into his primal urges and like take out a couple of people every now and then of course. like good game oh let me show you some really cool skills over here yeah and then like you know just like take out a couple of people well i should also say this film famously features an ending that we are trying to figure out what was being shown or exposed to the point where i literally paused somebody it. flashed their little icon that <laughs> was a full moon out there yeah, potentially it was. Yeah, it was. but it's a and then it even got a sequel Teen Wolf 2 with Jason Bateman. With Chubbs is back. Chubbs is back, yeah. I, He's problematic, calling him Chubbs. Leave, leave Francis alone. Uh, Francis, fat kid from the Monster Squad. It, ridiculous. Too much fat shaming in the 80s. Ridiculous, ridiculous. Genius, what else do you got on your list? Okay, a movie that you recently got a chance to see, and then one I've been talking about how cool it was for a while, Neil... Uh, Marshall. Neil Marshall's Dog Soldiers. That movie is slick as shit. So literally the night, the day we were recording this, we were setting up for the release for the Blood Moon. Mm-hmm. This was a few weeks ago. And I hosted a screening of Dog Soldiers at Screenland Tapcade. And I, I saw that. I own Dog Soldiers on Blu-ray. I have watched the freaking wonderful behind-the-scenes making of, but I never watched the actual film. It's good, isn't it? It was fantastic. It's super good. It played so well on the big screen because it does have that nice kind of balance of humor, but straight terror. Humor, hardcore war action, military action, and then military werewolf action. Well, Neil Marshall, if anything, the man wears his influences on his sleeve and just completely, totally proud. And what was really funny is I played a couple of vintage trailers beforehand, but ultimately I played no werewolf trailers. I screen, I showed Assault on Precinct 13, mm-hmm. which technically, excuse me, if you threw werewolves in, Siege of the House, dog yeah, absolutely. Uh, I showed a trailer for Southern Comfort. Technically you throw could, yep, werewolves, werewolves instead in of it, rednecks. Totally could, yeah. And then aliens. Yeah. Which instead of xenomorphs, you have werewolves. Space Marines, yeah. And again, he's pulling from all of those films and making it uniquely his. Yeah, and the werewolves are cool. They're super cool and they're vicious as fuck. The ones that have kind of the elongated legs mm-hmm. and just ha- they're those are the ones that freak me out more than anything. Also, the the long fangs, the fingernails, kind of gives it that Nosferatu kind of feel. Yeah, those are gnarly that werewolves. Always upsets me. It just never fails. Um, 
it's it it was I was uh, 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 Davos from Game of Thrones. Yeah, Davos. I was like, hey, uh, Alfred Pennyworth from Gotham. From Gotham. Um, just a whole cavalcade of British actors, and it was fun. Ultimately, it was fun. Sean Bean's in that, isn't it? He is not. No. Okay, I'm thinking of something, somebody else. No, it's okay. But he would probably have died if he had shown right up in it bat. regardless. Right off the bat. No, I'm glad I actually got to see this one. And basically, because of that film, it led to The Descent, which I think for most people, they feel that is the, the highlight. That is like the main one that he's done. That Doomsday. is, Yeah. Uh, Des- for me. Doomsday over Descent? I would say so. Really? I love Descent. But if you had the two right in front, like which one do you want to watch? Doomsday okay. all day. That's fair. It, Doomsday all day. Could we have thrown a werewolf in Doomsday? <laughs> Everything else was in there. Might as well. <laughs> I mean, actually, like, do you think he actually has like a little board at home and it's like, okay, wh- how? What can I include in this film? So, like, okay, so basically, one side of the land, one side of Scotland was medieval times. One side was like hooligan area. Um, they could have had the north be like Transylvania. With you some, know, some, some bloodsuckers. Mm-hmm. And then the south could be like the Moors, land or the, something. So you could have all these different factions. He he loves playing in his sandbox unabashedly, and honestly, I think we're better off for With it. With all of his toys. He's the kind of guy that had G.I. Joe fight Skeletor. Yeah, he did. You know what I'm saying? Yeah. He wants that weird shared universe just as much as you do, <laughs> yeah. my friend. Yeah. No, uh, Dog Soldiers was wonderful. Now, one that I know is on your list, but we need to talk about it. Uh, we've actually devoted a Monday movie night to it. It is a film that where the, the werewolf is actually truly evil. Uh, even though he thinks he's saving souls. Hey! <laughs> and it does that was my it. number one. Hey! How's it going? Let's talk Silver Bullet from 1985. Make it two. Oh, god damn. I'm feeling, I'm feeling like getting a little hairy. <laughs> <laughs> Fucking Gary Busey. I love Gary Busey because not only that movie has fantastic... <laughs> No, 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 I'm going to save it because I got that's going to be like for coming up to the game show. <laughs> Gary, Bu- Gary Busey in that movie is unhinged Jeez. and like, but you guys are over there playing Hardy Boys versus Reverend Werewolf. And he's just going off. Piss on the Yankees. Piss on the Indians. If you didn't have a werewolf in this film, he had enough like beastly energy himself. He didn't have to transform. He could have been like mm-hmm. a hairless werewolf at mm-hmm. that point. Hey, and- I'm all in. <laughs> <laughs> and I was actually kind of disappointed because initially they kind of set up that you think maybe Uncle Red is the werewolf. But as it turns out, can you imagine a Busey wolf, a werebusey? Again, he doesn't have to be. He could just be a. Sh- he could just be a beastly. Just Werewolves by on wheels. <laughs> He's just like oh, fucking. <laughs> I could just see him like push Marty over and get that silver bull and just go around town, town fucking up people, eating meatball sandwiches. It would have been wonderful. But instead, we get Everett McGill, uh, Big Ed himself, as the werewolf as and the teddy bear. So, yeah, the werewolf design in this one, I. I like his face. He's, he's cuddly. But he's cute. He's he cute. Is. He's a now, cute he do, werewolf. Now, he does gnarly things in the film, yeah. obviously, you know, be it with a baseball bat. <laughs> but I'll tell you what, this one is one of those ones where it's quality, uh, quantity over quality because, like, him and his werewolf, it's not the best werewolf, but the transformation scene oh. in the church at the funeral, that is one of the coolest werewolf special effects in all cinema. I think that's one that deserves to be on the Mount Rushmore of scenes from werewolf films because mm-hmm. that's the one that's truly nightmarish. It's kind of comical. They killed my boy. And then like the the <laughs> the werewolf the playing the organ. Yeah, exactly. That's what I was thinking. Boom. You know. 
<laughs> it's it's fun. Um, it's it's definitely an '80s film because obviously when you throw in any of the the Corys in there, but it's, it's mean because it's a Stephen King movie, so you know he's gonna fuck up some children. Oh, yeah, I was gonna say it, ultimately, and also the 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 initial novella that Stephen King put out, the illustrations by Bernie Wrightson. Oh my goodness! The novella was one of my very first Stephen King movie or books that I read from cover to cover. Really? Yeah. It was it Cycle of the Werewolf? Yep, because it was pictures, and I wasn't quite ready for big tomes. I don't so think I was ready for the pictures. Those things still to this day frighten me. It's fucking great. I mean, and they did a really good job, like bringing the book to the screen. Well, and ultimately, that's why I think I was a little disappointed initially when I saw the actual werewolf on screen because the one that Wrightson created was hardcore. There is that one shot he has where he's pulling off the face of the cop where the cop looks like, he has that look in his eyes like, wow, there's a werewolf pulling my face off. Like, just a genuine, like, well, you did a good job there, right? Mm -hmm. It's incredible. That man could do more with just like a pencil than many artists could do with just anything at their disposal yeah. it was such a so sad when he passed but absolutely his memory lives on so another one there from your list there genius um we already talked about wolf cop yeah wolf cop wolf cop wolf cop so i got a couple honorable mentions and i got my one favorite last one um so wolf cop actually is a great movie i mean it's i like hilarious. wolf cop 2 as well i like wolf cop 2 the only problem with wolf cop 2 i have it just has a very abrupt ending and yeah. it's short it, oh, i don't know i don't know if they're trying they're trying to go for a wolf cop 3 or but like like if the ending came in, I'm like, wait, is it over? It Where's was- the rest of the Wolf Cop movie? So like <laughs> I wanted more. So that's good. Um plus like, you know, the transformation scene is cool, except like when you're oh. talking to somebody up here at Panic Fest. Yeah. Panic Fest when memories are made. Wolf Cop one way or another will always make its appearance mm-hmm. known. <laughs> um a cool uh werewolf movie where one of the coolest werewolf scenes of all time and the werewolf busts in the window and flips off people. Um that's cursed. Was that the Wes Craven film? Yep, with Christina Ricci. See, I never saw that. Saw it in the theater, man. Did you? Saw it in the theater. I Christina mm. Ricci, Shannon Elizabeth, dude, I was full on down with it, man. 1996. Were you hoping for sexy werewolves? Fuck yeah, I was. It's Shannon Elizabeth, you know? Like, I actually just got to see Shannon Elizabeth in 13 Ghosts for the first time. It's great, isn't it? I enjoyed it. I love 13 Ghosts. It's a little flashy for the most part. I love. like it. But they're saying like they need to make like a Netflix series with all the with ghosts. the ghosts, individual, their stories. I would totally buy into it. The Jackal is one of the coolest ones. And what was it? The other one? The John Henry one with the studs all on it? Yep. The, the Cenobikers? Yes. So anyway... <laughs> <laughs> Everywhere you want to be, right? So anyway, Wolf Cop's a good one. Cursed is a good one. Cursed is a really cool. It's 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 weird. It's all about like, it's basically werewolves or STDs. That's again, it can take many a metaphor. Yeah. Now this werewolf movie, it's not good. I don't. I mean, I'm not saying it wasn't. It might be somebody's favorite, but American Werewolf in Paris. With the extreme werewolves and the CGI werewolves. So I went in that one because I do love American Werewolf in London. Right, and Julie Delphi. Yep, Julie Delphi was the... But I saw that in the theater. Me too. And the brilliance you get in Rick Baker's practical transformation scene and the original American Werewolf in London, you just get all digital. Yeah, you take something that good and you CGI it like... It was a letdown. But the fact also, that film is so 90s because... They're Are, extreme. Yes. <laughs> They're fucking base jumping off the Eiffel Tower. They're like, you know, oh, let's go snowboarding and like doing all these extreme things. I thought maybe someone's going to put silver nitrate in their Mountain Dew to exactly, kill them. Exactly. Exactly. Like, like it's, it's a silver Red Bull is the one that kills them. <laughs> it, it was. 
I again, I exactly. That's someone's favorite film out there. You're you're not Kudos wrong. Kudos to you. You're not Kudos wrong. Kudos to you. It's just I like a little bit more hardcore digital undigital werewolves. That works. That works. What else? So the final one then? What do that, you The on? final one, probably one of the best movies, the best werewolf movies of all time, American Werewolf in London. I don't want to say it's low-hanging fruit, but it's delicious low-hanging fruit. But and it's, it's perfect. I mean, yeah. like, if you talk about werewolf movies and you don't talk about American Werewolf in London, like, something's well, not quite right. The thing I think I appreciate most about it is ultimately the pain that he goes through in that transformation scene and it just kicks off immediately where he's like, oh, God, and it he burns. Just, yeah. And he immediately disrobes. And then and I think it's the Foley design in this, the sound, the bones cracking. The, it's, and it's not pleasant. And no. he's he's conscious through the entire thing, suffering, feeling remorse. You know, I'm sorry I called you a meatloaf, Jack. Yeah. And that's the other thing. Just the comedy, the comedic elements, the levity in this film. Mm-hmm. It doesn't overlap. It doesn't overwhelm it. It's just weaved in there perfectly. Naked man stole my balloon. So like. <laughs> yeah. It's uh, the Rick Baker design. The, the meanness of it. The fact that he kills people in a perverted porno f- yeah. theater. You can't and go wrong. That's another thing I like. Not only is the werewolf cool. Not only is the transformation cool. The werewolf looks fucking dope. But the fact that so much werewolf carnage and Piccadilly circumstances. Circus. Like when I see werewolf movies, I want to see werewolf carnage. Yeah, and it provides it in spades. Oh, well, the fact that you, the the Jack has a, a de-evolution mm-hmm. and from uh, also the that little flap that just kind of hangle off the side down. of his face. Oh my god! Yeah, Griffin Dunn in this film, I think, also deserves some credit. These they they both went through a lot of stuff yeah. for the effects work, but ultimately, it's a film from '81 that we still it's the standard to which you compare werewolf films whether it's the transformation sequence whether it's the the metaphor whether you know it's the the journey they're going through mm-hmm. jenny Ugeter in this film is phenomenal the nazi werewolves are scary oh my god that still to this day because they're watching the muppet show yeah they just come in like brrr, and just blow everybody away dude it's invasion usa werewolf gestapo yeah it's it is yeah it is frightening it yeah, is it horrible is. and maybe that's where uh rob zombie got his werewolf women of the ss trailer which i think With nick exists. cage's fu manchu <laughs> I can't. We're going to get our Nick Cage on a little bit later. Oh here. yeah, we are. But um, I'm trying to think of just kind of all because again, this is a film that has been thoroughly examined. We're not going to add anything new to it. But yeah, we would be remiss if we did not mention that because it's. I'm not going to say it's a perfect film, but it's damn man. near close. Damn near close. You can watch it from any point, and it'll still you'll still get horror. You'll still get action. You'll still get comedy. Lots of comedy. And also, you technically get the introduction. I don't know if this is the first one, but uh, and the We Hate Movies uh, podcast coined this term, but the werewolf bar, where it's you get a lot of wood paneling, dartboards. You'll have the occasional like um, trophy from something they you know won mm-hmm. a few years ago, but it's homey. But you're not welcome there, especially if you're an outsider. And it's yeah. one of those those bars you walk into and you're like, oh, this is a werewolf bar. Large Marge sent me. Exactly, exactly. There's something unsettling it. Uh, but yeah, that is established early on with the slaughtered lamb. Like mm-hmm. I said, I don't know if I'd be a regular there, but I'd definitely no, play some darts. bunch of hooligans, man. I like hooligans now. I played a street tough on film. I can. Well, there we you know, go. I'm down with them now. Um, one of the ones that I, I played a preacher on film, but that doesn't mean like <laughs> genius does not go method for that. Yeah, that doesn't mean I'm gonna go to fucking Joel Olstein's ministry and shit. You know, <laughs> just see you out in the crowd. Hail there. Satan! Like, <laughs> <laughs> yeah, right. <laughs> Oops, wrong, wrong, wrong ministry. Wrong church. Yeah. Um, also wanted to talk about ginger snaps. We talked about it briefly. Yeah. But that's another. Oh, and actually, technically, that came out in 2000. So that's still uh, 
20 years at this point. Mm-hmm. Uh, Catherine Isabel, obviously, killing in that film. But another one that perfectly plays with, again, going through puberty, menstruation, yeah. all the stuff where wim- girls become women. Have you ever? Did you ever watch 30 Rock? A uh, little bit. Do you ever see a werewolf bar mitzvah, spooky, scary, boys becoming men, men becoming wolves? It's wonderful. Uh, plays perfectly into the Ginger Snaps things, but also she embraces the werewolf. She ultimately is aware of it and is she's she's, she's good cool with it. with it. Yeah, I'd be cool if I knew I was a werewolf. I have a feeling you'd be that kind of werewolf. I'd be totally cool if I knew I'd a werewolf. All right, you want to fuck with me? Let's do this. You know. Well, I know there are a number of other werewolf films that we have missed. Obviously, we've kind of skimmed the surface on this. Uh, you know, uh, John Grease from the Monster Squad. Yeah. The variety of Hammer werewolf films that are out there. Tell us what is your favorite, uh, and especially if you see us here at Panic Fest, come by. Talk your favorite werewolf films. Mm-hmm. Let's talk the films that you've seen here. Uh, we've got, man, we're prepping for it. We're panicking at this point. There's so many good things coming up. Um, we've obviously got the live podcast. So much fun stuff this weekend. Definitely come by and say hey. Yeah, no. We're going to be up here at the Vendor Loft in the corner podcasting live. We'll be hosting a few things. Absolutely. So please come out, say hi. Screenland Armor, PanicFilmFest.com. Yep. Uh, definitely check us out on Sunday with the hardware screening. NC-17's Cut, mm-hmm. podcasting with Joe Lynch afterwards. And, and then, then Monday is the Game of Games. It's going to be so much fun. Yeah, it's going to be a good time. So. If you have your full fest tickets, totally free. Absolutely. And if you you know, if you want to come say hi, we'll see what we can do. Mm-hmm. We're people to know people. Yep. So until that next time, uh, this is Greg D. I'm Genius McGee. And we'll see you in your dreams. Oh!